Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I'll help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you're able. Because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hello, this is Julie, and welcome to episode four of the Married to Addiction podcast. Today's podcast is titled Five Critical Mindset Shifts for the Wife of an Alcoholic. Now, I know that that sounds kind of deep. and um, maybe even a little woo-woo, but I promise you it's not. These are all based on things that I learned when I walked through addiction with my husband, and they are five of what I consider to be the most important things that we keep in mind. Some of these you may have heard before. Some of these you may not have heard before. But as always, I just ask that you keep an open mind and understand that I'm bringing these to you and I chose them because they were so impactful in my life and in my journey through this. And so even if they seem a little bit, um, I don't want to say unimportant, but just just don't skip over them. Don't brush them off because I promise you these are incredibly powerful once you learn them, embrace them, and um, most importantly, put them into action in your life. The first one that is so incredibly important is we have to accept that we do not have control over the disease of alcoholism or the alcoholic. We didn't cause it, we can't control it, we can't cure it. That's our first response is to think that we can control it and we can fix it and we're gonna do everything in our power to make sure that we do that. If I could go back and get back all the time that I spent going through my husband's things, pouring out alcohol, marking bottles, looking for empties, checking receipts, driving around looking for his car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd have a lot of time back. Let's just put it that way. We initially think that there's something we can do. We do those things that I just mentioned. We threaten, we fight, we argue, we, you know, make demands, we cry, just everything, everything that we possibly can think of to fix it. Because we feel like if we just do the right thing or in the right way, there'll be a breakthrough. He'll have a realization. You know, he finally will understand that I'm serious. He finally will get it. He finally will change. And I'm here to tell you that that's not the way it works. I did try everything for a really long time. And then I finally got to the second part once I was at, or the the second thing here, once I was at the absolute end of myself. And that is number two. We have to realize that the solution to this does not come from us. Like I said, we can't fix it. No matter how much you think you can, no matter how much you try, we can't 
fix it. And I understand that's super frustrating, but the fact of the matter is that ultimately the solution to this is going to come from above. Whether it is, you know, a um, divine revelation to your husband directly, whether it's you changing the way that you're doing things and just making it an earnest matter of prayer, whether it's, you know, your pastor praying with you, whatever it is, the Lord needs to be involved in this situation. And when we jump in there and try to fix things, we're in the way. We are 100% in the way. And I know that feels really scary and kind of like a slap in the face because we want so desperately to help. But just know that nine times out of 10, even if it feels like we're helping, we're truly, truly not. The third thing is, and this again is so hard because you want it resolved so desperately, you want it fixed so desperately, and you've just become obsessed with it. You know, I became so obsessed with my husband's drinking that I, it affected my job. It affected my health. I ended up covered in huge patches of stress-induced hives that would just randomly pop up multiple times a day and just, just itch mercilessly. It was absolutely miserable. And I went through that for several months because my body was so overwhelmed with stress from trying to control it, from trying to fix it, from obsessing about it, uh, from leaving work, you know, and, and having repercussions where that was concerned because I was so worried about what he was doing and if he was okay and where he was and all of that. You know, it affected me drastically, mentally, physically, um, every every kind of way, psychologically. It's It's trauma. It's trauma that we go through when we're in the situation. And I had PTSD, have PTSD still to some degree over this. And so we have to do number three, which sounds so hard at first, but is so freeing. And that is detach from his drinking. Now we hear that you're supposed to detach and we think to ourselves, how can I just detach from him? He's my husband. You know, how can I just like turn my back on him and not love him? That's not what it looks like. We are detaching from the obsession over his drinking. We are detaching from the worry. By the way, none of these things come from God. None of them. This spirit of torment that you're in because of this constant worry, that's not from God. Those hives that I was getting all over my body because I was so consumed with his addiction, that wasn't from God. We put ourselves in this position where we're so bound to the situation that we are just living this absolute life of torment. So we're detaching from that. We're detaching from feeling the need to have control over it. We're detaching from just, like I said, the obsession with it. We have to do that. We have to do that for ourselves and we have to do that for our husbands. And I know that, again, seems like it might be counterproductive, but I promise you it's not. I promise you. Remember that when we do this, when we detach from this and we stop trying to fix it ourselves, it's actually a very loving thing that we're doing for him because we're not just leaving him to his own devices. We're turning over the care of him and for him to God. We're turning him over to God. We're not just, you know, leaving him uh, on his own devices. We're, we're detaching from the obsession. We're detaching from the control and the worry and the fear and the anxiety. But we're leaving him in our Father's hands. 
He loves him more than we do. God made him. He loves him more than we do. He wants him to get better more than we do. So we're not just dropping him off in the wilderness. God is there, even if it doesn't look like it. I promise you that he is. So we're relinquishing the care to his father. Remember that. It's so important. Number four, and we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode, but you have to start taking care of yourself. You have to. I let this go for so long. And I started even, you know, over and above the hives, I started having uh, arrhythmia, like heart palpitations uh, regularly, which could have really turned into a dangerous situation. Like the stress, the physical and emotional or the emotional stress that I was feeling was manifesting in a lot of physical symptoms. You know, I had stress headaches. I couldn't think clearly. I just didn't feel well. I was constantly exhausted, just trying to get through life and trying to work and be a mom and all those things when I was in that state was just, I was so close to a nervous breakdown, you guys. So close. I, I remember just like sitting in the floor of my closet on a regular occasion, just trying to get it together, just trying to be able to walk, you know, go downstairs and take care of my son. Like it's, it just drained every single part of me. That's not healthy. It's not healthy for us. It's not healthy for our kids. It's not healthy for our husband. So you've got to take care of yourself. And I know that it feels counterproductive because you think that you need to be taking care of him. Again, that's not your job where this is concerned. It's just not. Your job is to take care of you. Because just like your husband is, is the father's son, you are his daughter. You are the father's daughter, and he wants you taking care of yourself as well. So fill up your spirit in whatever way you can, even if that, even if you can just squeeze in 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes before you go to bed to just open a devotional or read your Bible or pray, listen to some worship music, whatever it is, fill your spirit. Work on reducing your stress, and that will probably be take a little bit of effort it's not just going to, you know, you're not just going to automatically say, okay, I'm not going to stress out today. When we live in an environment with an alcoholic, it's constantly stressful environment. So that's something that you have to work on, but it's so important. Do what you can to reduce your stress. Try to find some serenity, however that looks for you, going for a walk, going and sitting in the park, going to, you know, maybe a, a room of your house or a cozy chair in a corner with a blanket and pick up a book, like whatever it is. Just find some serenity in your life. Get to an Al-Anon meeting if you can. I know that that is hard right now because of COVID, and I know that it's also hard because of what we've talked about before, where you know some of us introverts who don't, who are like the opposite of comfortable in that environment, definitely struggle with that. But if you are someone who, you know, is is a little bit more open to that, then I strongly encourage you to do that. You know, you need to work on your recovery as well. And a lot of times women don't understand that there is recovery for them. They don't think that they need it and they don't understand that it's there, but you absolutely do. And you must start taking care of yourself. I promise you it will make such a huge difference for everyone in the situation. The fifth one is even though it looks so hard sometimes and so bleak sometimes, try to practice trusting and having faith that things can and will get better. I know I heard one time somebody say, you can't worry and have faith at the same time. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, then I have not lived in a spirit of faith for very much of my life because I have 
been a worrier and I have gotten victory over that through, um, you know, some different practices that I learned that now, you know, I have freedom from that, but I spent so much of my life just in a state of worry and fear and panic sometimes. And I realize now that I was living completely out of faith where, where during those times, completely out of faith because you can't trust God and worry because if you trust God, you know, he's got it. So again, it's, it's hard when we're in such a difficult situation, but we really have to try to be proactive and stop constantly living in doom and gloom in the spirit of doom and gloom and torment and bondage and all of those things. We really need to just try to pull ourselves out of that. And God is there to help you. I promise you. Keep in mind that the worst that it's already been could possibly be the worst that it ever gets. You know, I mean, we don't know when when things are going to turn a corner. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So keep the faith. Always, always overwhelm fear with faith. Because where there is faith, there is no room for fear. God does not bring fear. Fear is not from God. So if you are living under the constant state of fear and worry, just know that's not from the Lord. We can have faith and trust in spite of our circumstances. And he is 100% there to help you with that. And it's there for the asking. Just go to him in prayer. Like I said, spend time in the word, you know, really nurture your relationship with him and then rest in him while he goes to work on your problems. I hope that's helpful for you. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Married to Addiction podcast today. I would love to give you a free gift to thank you for being here. It's my free ebook and it's called 10 Powerful Prayers to Pray Over Your Husband and Your Marriage. All you have to do is head to my website, marriedtoaddiction.com and look for the tab that says free ebook. You just enter your information and you will have instant access to the download. I hope it really helps you. I'm praying for you and thank you so much again for being here. I'll talk to you soon.